Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and from the Holy Spirit. Amen. Special welcome to those of you joining online, which I'm hoping are many, because there aren't a lot of people here uh, in person today, but that's okay. And I kind of anticipated that, given that this is Independence Day weekend. I know that a lot of people travel uh, at this particular time of year, and it's actually with that in mind that I approach today's message. Uh, thinking about the fact that, you know, in summer people take vacations, they go and they, they go around and then looking at our readings for today, it appears that, that the Bible is basically giving us instruction on how to go, right? We talk a lot, uh, we talked actually even just last week about going as Christians, that, that we are to go therefore and make disciples, about how we as Christians are meant to be kind of on the move, whether that means going on vacation or just going out into our community and being representatives of God. And then the fact that this is Independence Day weekend as we celebrate the birth of, of America, we celebrate the fact that we live in a country where we are free to come together and worship in this space like this. Um, but what really kind of hit me is the idea that, that this is not our home, that we are, are strangers in a strange land in many ways. Because as Christians, we know that this world is not it. That there is something so much better waiting for us. That we were made for something better than this broken world. So, uh, today's message, I went back and I consulted some old notes from a number of years ago that I had uh, after a trip that I took to England, Scotland, and Iceland. Uh, we were gone for a couple of weeks, my wife Cassie and I. And, uh, and I wrote this sermon called The ABCs of Surviving in a foreign land. But before we get into it, if you could join me in prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for this day that we can come together and to celebrate you, to celebrate the freedom that we have in you. Lord, I thank you for the chance to share your message, and I pray that it truly is your message. I pray that your Holy Spirit would be at work in this place, online, wherever that may be, uh, speaking to each and every one of us what we need to hear. Lord, just as on Pentecost you descended down and spoke to each person, I pray that that would be the case today, and we submit ourselves to you. We pray all these things through your son Jesus, in his name, amen. Now, if you were here last week, you may remember that I started with a little caveat saying that I wasn't feeling too well last week. I was dealing with what I thought to be kind of a, you know, the sniffles, a minor cold. It turned out to be like the world cold, or, or the man cold, right, because men always get worse than women when it comes to getting sick, or at least we feel worse, we let people know that we feel worse. Maybe women have a higher tolerance, they do. Um, but, but so it ended up, like I was out of work all week, I was just not feeling well. So with that in mind, uh, this message was written under the influence of some severe cold medicines. Um, so a logical, in their right mind, pastor, when they say the ABCs of, of surviving in a foreign land would probably stop at C. I went all the way to I. So make sure you leave plenty of room in your notes because we're going A through I today when it comes to the ABCs of surviving in foreign lands. So we're going to start right off because we got to get through a lot of letters here. A, adjust your attitude. The idea of going out and you're, you're exploring the world, you're experiencing everything that this world has to offer, you're going into foreign places, adjusting your attitude is key because oftentimes we can go and it gets pretty easy to get frustrated, it gets easy to get knocked off of, uh, of our, our mind, we get knocked off of our patience, our grace. We know, every single one of us knows 
that we should be patient, that we should be kind, that we should be flexible, but oftentimes that's incredibly difficult for us. So here's an example. So we, on this trip, we went to England and then Scotland and then ended the trip in Iceland. And as we flew into Reykjavik, uh, we'd been gone for a couple weeks at this point, and we, you know, we hopped on the little shuttle uh, from the Reykjavik airport to the rental car facility. It was sleeting, which as a Floridian was something that I was unfamiliar with. It's heavily uncomfortable. Um, and we got to the rental, it was just like one little tiny building in the middle of this big field of dried lava. And as we pulled up, we noticed that there were a lot of people sitting outside. And that didn't seem like a great sign. We ended up sitting there for two and a half hours waiting for our rental car to, as they kind of filed people through. There were only two people working behind the counter and people were getting frustrated, us included, with the delay. When it was finally our turn to get up there, the guy at the other counter, uh, he was losing his mind. He was shouting and screaming about how inefficient it was, how they should have done that differently. And all the, and I'm like, I'm gonna be honest, I was kind of agreeing with him. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're making some great points. You're teaching me new words and vocabulary that I hadn't learned before, so that's interesting. Um, but I also got to think about these poor two clerks sitting behind the counter, and they were doing the best they could. There were just the two of them working. So we approached with some patience and some flexibility, some grace. And we just kind of laughed and asked how the person was doing, and she was like uh, on the borderline of tears. And it ended up, because we were nicer, the guy who was next to us actually got his rental car downgraded. Like, we don't have any mid-sizes available. Um, and yet, strangely, there was a mid-size available for us. It was the strangest thing how that worked out. Uh, <laughs> But see, when, we, when we're nicer, when we adjust our attitude, when we recognize that we have to be more flexible with things, it's going to go further in this world, right? We're going to have more advantages. And on top of that, that is our calling as Christians. We see in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, be always humble, gentle, and patient. Show your love by being tolerant with one another. See, we have this tendency to think inwardly, to think about ourselves, to idolize our own convenience. Right, if you've ever been on, well, any highway here in Houston during rush hour, it's very easy to say, I've got somewhere to go, and all these other people around me are merely in my way. They exist to inconvenience me, not thinking that every other car also has somewhere to go. We idolize our own convenience. And so, A, we adjust our attitude. So as you'll see as we kind of go through these letters, um, yes, they are practical, actual advice for dealing with being in foreign places, dealing with our broken world that we live in. It's also kind of metaphorical, right, when it comes to how we should be living our Christian life. Because let's remember, when we're talking about being in a foreign land, this is not our home. America, Texas, Houston, not our home. This is not what we are made for. In fact, we see in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11 through 12, this is the message translation. I just like the way it says this. Friends, this world is not your home, so don't make yourselves cozy in it. <laughs> I like that. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life in your neighborhood so that your actions will refute their prejudices. Then they'll be won over to God's side and be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. That is our goal. As we are living in this broken world with its frustrations and annoyances, we recognize that this world is not what we were made for. We broke this world with sin, but there's something so much better waiting for us that we can then bring the people around us into. And so we adjust our attitude. Let's move on to B, and I'm particularly proud of this one. 
don't be beguiled by bogus beauty. Don't be beguiled by bogus beauty. I'm telling you, it was a lot of Dayquil, people, okay? Don't be beguiled by bogus beauty. Here, let me tell you why I say that. Uh, when we were in Scotland, we went to the Isle of Skye. Absolutely gorgeous. If you've ever been, uh, amazing. If you haven't been, check it out, right? And while we were there, we went to these things called the fairy fountains. And we'd seen pictures all over Pinterest, all over, you know, Google Images, all this stuff, all Instagram of basically it looked like this waterfall that as the water fell down it was created these these cauldrons these round cauldrons naturally formed that then would fall down and they were just like countless ones and the way the pictures looked the water was like this beautiful turquoise cerulean color and then the grass around it was this deep vibrant green and then because of the way the rocks were with the blue they were like shining through in like purples and reds it just looked absolutely amazing we were so stoked to go there well, us and pretty much everybody else, because we got there and the, the roads were all just lined with people out in the middle of nowhere on the Isle of Skye. And we got out and you had to go down this massive hill and then climb an even bigger hill up some mud to finally get up there. And we, we crested the hill and we looked and we're like, is that it? Is, like, okay, I see the waterfalls, I see the cauldrons, but it's like brown. Like, it just looks like water and rock and and some grass. What's the deal? So we're like looking and we're, we're taking pictures and finally I go, hold on a second. I took one of the pictures and I opened up the editing part and I turned the color saturation all the way up. I was like, oh, there it is. That's the picture that we saw of, of these things. Basically, everything we were looking at was put through a filter on Instagram, on whatever, Pinterest. And I think it's important for us to remember that oftentimes when we're seeing other people's lives, they're put through a filter. When you're seeing what other people are posting on Facebook, when you see as other people are living their lives, they have a facade that they let the world see. There's that front parlor in your house that you always keep clean, but then there's always like that back mudroom that you're like, don't ever go there, please. That's my private space. There's, yeah, right? Like there, there's this whole idea of what we present the filtered version of ourselves. And so often as Christians, and you look at the lives of the people sitting around you right now, it's really easy to say, I'm not measuring up. My kids aren't like theirs. My family's not like theirs. They all seem like they, they have a good time and they go out to lunch afterwards and everybody gets along. Why not me? You look and say, this person goes through their devotions and they know the Bible inside and out. And they just seem so much more spiritual, more Christian than me. Don't be beguiled by bogus beauty. Don't be caught up by the filter life that somebody else is presenting. We get so caught up in trying to live up to somebody else's phony reality that they are presenting to us. So as we go and we try to survive in this world, don't get caught up by that filtered life. C, create and cherish. That means that we should take the time to step off the path to seek something new, to try something new, to leave behind our comfort zone. Just going on this trip for, for Cassie and I a couple years ago, that was stepping off the path. It was trying something new. We didn't know anything about England, Scotland, Iceland. And yet as we went, we were amazed by what we saw. If you live an ordinary life, you can probably expect ordinary experiences. If you live an ordinary spiritual life, you can probably expect ordinary spiritual experiences. Create and cherish. Take the time to create something new. Take the risk 
to create something new. But then even within that, that idea of cherishing, taking note of what is around you. We live in a beautiful world, and there are amazing opportunities surrounding you constantly if you just open your eyes. I remember as a kid, we would uh, take these, these road trips as a family from where we lived in central Florida up to Huntsville, Alabama. It was like a 14-hour drive, really boring. Um, but as a kid, like, I loved it. I don't know why. There was something about those car rides. I remember, you know, we listened to books on tape, and, and I always would bring, like, a joke book or something. And I'm sure my parents hated it, probably because of those very reasons. Um, but we'd stop at, like, Cracker Barrel, and I'd get those little, like, candy sticks, you know, that they sell, like, five for a dollar is great. Like, I, I loved them. I loved that idea of the road trip. And I know my parents were just like, oh, we got to drive all that way again? See, if you take the time to cherish what you have in your life, there are opportunities there to create something new and unique. Step out of your comfort zone, create and cherish. It's not always gonna be perfect. No, it won't. It's not always gonna be exactly what you had in mind, but you can create memories and cherish them. Which leads me to the second one, or the next one, D. Discover delight in the detours. Now, as I mentioned, we spent two and a half hours waiting at that rental car facility which meant that what we had planned for that day in and around Reykjavik went right out the window. And so we decided to just get in the car and drive. There weren't a ton of roads. It's, it's Iceland, right? So, you know, I'm sure you'll find something unique. And we did. We found this area called Tingveller, which is essentially a canyon between the continents. Like, this side of the canyon is Europe, and this side of the canyon is America. And in the middle is this, like, crystal clear icy water, and it was absolutely stunning. And to see that and experience that, we actually also found out that, that Tingveller is essentially where Christianity became the national religion of Iceland, even when the Vikings were there, because somebody came and proclaimed the gospel to them. And so we would never have seen this. This was not on our itinerary, but because we had spent so long at this rental car facility, we were able to have this detour and see something that we had not planned on. See, it's often that we have plans in our lives, plans in our days, plans that, that we're pretty sure we need to do, but there's a detour. Maybe you thought, oh, I, I'd be married by now. I'd have kids by now. I'd have grandkids by now. I'd be retired by now. And it's just not working that way. It's all right. It's just a detour. I used to have, as the quote on my MySpace page, kids, ask your parents what that is, um, the, quote, the quote was, write your plans in pencil and give God the eraser. See, when it comes to our plans, we have these ideas of what we are supposed to do, but life will not always go as plain. In fact, it rarely does. We have to be willing to be knocked off our course and perhaps be knocked right onto God's course, knocked right exactly where he wants us to be. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Discover delight in those detours. E, enjoy everyday experiences. I don't know about you guys, but when I go to another country, one of my favorite things to do, and maybe it's just me, I love going to the grocery store. Love it. 
I love seeing the different foods, the different things they have. I like seeing, like, as the people who live there are just in the midst of their day-to-day. But for me, it's like a wonderland. You see all the new produce and the new fruits. Like, I don't even know what this thing is. I'm going to try it. Or you see the things, like, in the freezer section. You see all this amazing stuff. You're not even really sure what you're looking at. But then I think about, like, when I have, oh, I got to swing by H-E-B on the way home. Oh, yeah. Like, why is it that I love going to the grocery store in Scotland, but when it comes to do, going to the grocery store outside of Jersey Village, I'm like, oh, hate that place. What would it be like if we actually found that joy when it comes to our everyday experiences? See, because for the people there in Scotland, that's like, oh, I just got to pop on down to the Tesco, right? But for us, it's, it's this amazing wonderland. What would it be like if you found joy in those everyday experiences, if you sought out something powerful in the mundane? We live in a magnificent and complex world. This is a beautiful place that we live in. When you're sitting in a traffic light, rather than trying to go through your to-do list, take a look around. Look at the trees that are there. Look at what's going on with them, with the seeds and the leaves, and it's so complex. Uh, look, at, look at the animals that are around. I'll never forget, I used to go to Disney World all the time. Um, and one of my favorite things I ever saw was it was a group of German teenagers just losing their mind because they saw a squirrel. They, they had never seen a squirrel before, and they're like, look at that! That's incredible! Which, if you ever want to laugh, Google uh, on YouTube uh, a bunch of German people trying to say the word squirrel. It doesn't really work with their accent, um, but they were just losing their mind watching this squirrel scurry about, and I'm like, oh, it's a squirrel. Like, for us, a squirrel is a nuisance. For us, a squirrel is like something that eats our bird seed. And we're like, oh, they're, they're, they're messing things. They're eating our tomatoes in our garden. They're, they're just a nuisance that we see all around. But what if we took the time to open our eyes and enjoy an everyday experience? One of my favorite comics growing up was Calvin and Hobbes. Bill Watterson, the, the creator of Calvin and Hobbes, has this quote, we're so busy watching out for what's just ahead of us that we don't take time to enjoy where we are. And of course, Calvin spends his time, perhaps in his imagination, but enjoying where he is. Enjoy everyday experiences. F, find your focus. For Cassie and for me, one of the things we love is history. So going to England, we went into the, the World War II bunkers there in London. When we were in Scotland, we, we sought out every castle we could in Iceland, Thingveller, and all these different places where the Vikings were. We love finding historical things, but like nightlife? Nah, not our thing. Modern art? I don't understand it. I don't think it's art. Here's a whole, I could go on a whole rant right now, but I won't. Um, so we know what we like, but if you like modern art, it's okay. We'll have confession later. You'll explain to me what's going on. Uh, I, I don't get it. They're just canvas. Anyway, uh, but if you like those things, that's fine. That's the beauty of the human experience. We're all created differently with different passions and different interests. I, I love when somebody is geeking out about something and, and I can learn from them. Like, you like model trains? Tell me everything there is to know about them. That's fascinating. Let's hear it. You, everybody has their passion, their thing that they could just go on for, for half an hour about without any sort of preparation. That's amazing. I want to hear that. I want to experience that. I may not agree with you. I may not be on board with it, but that's cool. That's why we have this varied human experience. Boy, there'd be something that we could learn in this country that you don't have to agree with somebody 100% to get along with them. You don't have to say, I agree with everything that you believe, but we're still on the same page here. We're still humans together, and I don't hate you because of it. We are very different people. 
That's the beauty of the body of Christ, is that we here have different passions and different ideals. What you like to see in worship is going to be different than what somebody else likes to see in worship. And so find your focus as you travel, as you go about this world, as you seek how to live your life, as you seek what to do in your spare time, find your focus, what God has given to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26. What then, brothers? When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. That's what we're to do, is build one another up. To be there for each other. To cover the other people's weaknesses with our own strengths. Which leads me to G. Get good advice. I laugh at this one because here's, here's the reason I put this one in here. Um, when we were in Iceland, we stayed in an Airbnb. And the, the lady who was in charge of the Airbnb, she, she was a surgeon, right? Incredibly intelligent, but because of the cost of living there, she had to rent out part of her house to kind of make things uh, ends meet. But she told us, she was like, oh, so you're planning on going to these geothermal springs. Everybody knows about those geothermal springs. Everybody's going to be there. It's going to be way too crowded. No, no, there's a hidden gem. This is the one you're going to want to go to. And we're like, oh, yeah, okay. And she said, you're going to park in this parking lot. You're going to look for this. There's going to be a little short hike, and it'll be great. And we're like, yeah, sounds good. Well, as it turns out, her definition of a short little hike was very different than our definition of a short little hike because we pulled up to the parking lot, which was very full, and which was, okay, sure. And we look, and we're like, oh, there's the mountain. I wonder where the geothermal springs are on the other side of the mountain. So we had to go and climb up this mountain and there were bugs like you've never experienced in your entire life. There were sheep all along the thing, which were kind of cute at first, but they added a certain um, odor ambiance to the area. And they also added to the, the bugs. And then finally we crested the mountain and we looked and we saw the geothermal springs, what could barely be described as a creek. Like there was enough water to maybe get your ankle wet. It was warm and it was kind of cold outside, so that was nice, but it was also very, very, very full of people. And the only spot that was available was at the very end, which felt like sitting in a bathtub after 15 other people sat in it, because you're downstream and we're like, mm, I, think, I think we're good. So when it comes to this one, get good advice. Seek out good advice, right? That's what this is all about. This is why we're here. This is what, quite frankly, you online are missing out on a little bit, is community. Because when it comes to the church, yes, you can worship individually. You can have a relationship with God on your own. But when it comes to the community of God, community of God's children coming together, you don't have to do it alone. You're going to be going through things and trying to find your way through this foreign land, through this, this broken world with its frustrations, and you're going to be trying to just survive. And it can be overwhelming, it can be scary, it can be frightening, it can be incredibly frustrating, but I promise you, somebody else in this church, in this community, has been there before. Somebody else has been through what you're experiencing, to some degree, and they can help you, probably by pointing out the mistakes that they experienced. <laughs> this is what I did, and it was completely wrong, so try the opposite, right? We're here for each other. We're here for community. You don't have to live this life alone. I know that we have this tendency to have our facade, to pretend like everything is just fine, to say, no, no, I got my life all together. You guys, I know that you got your struggles, but no, no, I'm all good. But when we do that, we are depriving our neighbor of a companion. 
We're depriving somebody else who's suffering of somebody to guide them along. So let's be broken together. Get good advice. We're called to be together. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. All right, two letters left. H, honor your home. When I go to a foreign country, one of the tendencies that I have is I like to blend in. I like to look like the people who are there. And when I went to Scotland, that meant putting on one of those little like flat caps, little newsy caps, you know, putting on a tartan scarf and just bundling up and acting as gruff as I could. And it worked. It worked. Somebody literally asked me for directions. And I was so just tickled with that. Um, I didn't know where to tell them to go. But, uh, but yeah, they, they thought that I was Scottish, which was like the, the greatest compliment they could have offered me in that moment. But then, as we were flying from Edinburgh to Reykjavik, uh, at the time, we were living in, in Tampa Bay, Florida, home uh, of my hockey team, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And so I was wearing a lightning hat uh, just in the airport. And as I was getting my coffee, this guy looks at me, the barista, and he's like, oh, you, you like the lightning, do you? And I was like, yeah. Do you know what you're talking about? He's like, oh, yeah, I think they're going to win the Stanley Cup this year. And I was like, you know the light? We're in Edinburgh, Scotland. How is this possible that you know what? And we had this connection, and we talked about the gold, and we talked about all these different things, and it was amazing. I had this, this great connection. And if I had been blended in, that never would have happened. As Christians, oftentimes we hide our faith. We hide what we believe. Yeah, we'll wear the cross necklace, but you better believe it's tucked inside of our shirt. More people will know our political ideals than what our faith is. What would it look like if we honored our home, honored who we are as believers, as we honored the fact that this broken world with its frustration is not our home, that we are strangers in a strange land here? What kind of conversations would it start? What kind of connections could be made if somebody said, hey, I, I noticed that your car's gone every single Sunday morning because you come to church, I guess? Well, why? I noticed that you pray before you eat your meal. Why? I noticed that you asked me how you could be praying for me. Why? What kind of conversations could start if we honored our home and wore our faith out loud and let people know what it means to have hope? Because that's what makes us strangers here, is that we have hope. We know that our God made us to be perfect. Our God made us in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, to be perfect, and then we broke that. They broke that, and we continue to break that. And we know that despite the fact that we're living here now, this is not the end of our story. That we're intended for somewhere different, somewhere better, somewhere full of paradise and love. That we have hope of something better than the pain of this world. That's what makes us different. What if we lived that out loud? What if we honored that? What if we let people know about the faith that we truly have? And maybe we're struggling with that, and that's okay because that's part of the journey too. We honor our home. We try and represent who our God is. We live not with shame, but instead with the opportunity to share because we are loved. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to have our lives together. In fact, as Christians, we shouldn't. It means that we recognize that we don't. We can share that love with anyone who will listen. We're free from sin, free from guilt, free, yes, from shame. Which leads me to my last letter, I. 
invite and inspire. With all the, the various trips that Cassie and I have been on, boy, there are some places that we will tell you, oh, you should go to Ireland. It is amazing. You should check out. Scotland is so beautiful. You should see Italy. We will tell people passionately about that. And I can't tell you how many vacations we've inspired. Even just this morning, somebody came up like, you've inspired me. I'm going to Europe next year. It's great. Sounds good. What if we spoke of our faith with the same passion? Boy, we're so quick to tell somebody, hey, I got this really good pizza place that you should check. I got the, my tax guy is so good. He will make sure that everything's buttoned away. I got this lawn crew guy. They, they can really help you. I got a guy for that. What if we were so willing to share, I got a God for that. I got a God who will set you free from that worry. I got a God who will set you free from that guilt that the world's really trying to heap on you right now. That's what we as Christians should have as our identity, that we have been set free. We're about to celebrate the freedom of this country, but our, the freedom that you have in America pales in comparison to the freedom that we have in Christ. So let's inspire others to know that freedom of God. Invite them to join with us so that, as we saw in that second Peter, that they will be by our side as God comes together and join in the celebration when he arrives. We've been set free. So as you try and live in this foreign land, this strange land, this painful and frustrating land, I pray that, yeah, you can follow A through I here. I could have gone on all the way to Z, but we got stuff to do. There's brisket smoking, I'm sure. We can follow these and we can survive. But God's called us to thrive. God's called us to do more than just survive. And we do so with him by our side, with that faith that he inspires in us, with the Holy Spirit working in us and through us. And by the grace of God, yeah, we'll get through this broken world. And one day, one day we'll get to go home free free of this world and the pain and the frustration and the division and the hatred and the darkness and the, and the shame set free all by Jesus Christ. We can survive this. And one day we'll go home and we will thrive. Amen?